Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD. Our mission is to empower you with the knowledge and equip you with the tools you'll need to thrive in all aspects of your life. Join us now as we discuss everything from nutrition and exercise to money management, personal growth, and spiritual growth. Dr. Choctaw will provide insightful advice on how to improve your physical, financial, and spiritual health, as well as your emotional and mental well-being. So whether you're looking to get the latest in medical news, unlock financial opportunities, or cultivate a more positive mindset, we've got you covered. Get ready to become the best version of yourself. So let's get started. Here's Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD, with an interview already in progress. Uh, Reverend John Nickens, welcome to the Healthy, Wealth, and Wise podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we're, we're, we're delighted to have you with us. Um, and um, so tell us, what, what lessons have you learned over your, your short number of years on this earth uh, in terms of life experiences or any other experiences that you, you would like to share with our audience? Sure. Um, well, my brief stint here on planet Earth has taught me to always trust my, people call it your gut, but always trust my first nature. Okay. Or my first inclination. You know, always listen to my gut. Sometimes it it won't be pleasant. The things that <clears throat> it might be telling you, uh, and I'm speaking of when you come across and you you meet people, you know, right. and you, 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 you may be introduced to people or whatever. But always, I've learned to always, it's always steered me correctly uh, if I listen to it, you know, even okay. from a small child, even from being a small child, I've always been the type that had, I'll say I, I was, I was precocious for my age. So okay. I, I was, you know, I would talk with adults and I was seven or eight years old and they would be, you know, just tickled, you know, because I could, you know, I could kind of, you know, my vocabulary wasn't that at, at that age that advanced, but I could hold my own as far as my, and so, um, um, that came with having a, like, a, I will call it a spirit of discernment or okay. my gut. And I found that throughout the years, it's never steered me wrong. And one story comes to mind. It was when I was a, a little boy because we lived in Pasadena, Altadena, but okay. I would come to Los Angeles. So you're a California kid. Oh, absolutely. I was born downtown Los Angeles. Okay. Okay. No, no, which a hospital that's no longer there, which is called John Wesley County Memorial Hospital. It used to be there. Okay. It's no longer there. Oh, no, I have a whole nother. I was adopted and, uh, you know, there's a whole nother uh, component to that. But I was born in Los Angeles and um, and um, I would be uh, we lived in Altadena, but I would come to Los Angeles. My mother had a little wig shop. And so I was taking music lessons, you know, at okay. four or five, six years old. So I come to L.A. to her wig shop, uh, which was on Central Avenue. You know, Central Avenue is a, is, is a landmark. You know, it used to be back in the 40s and 50s. A musical mecca of sorts uh okay. but at that time it wasn't <laughs> so and it still isn't anymore but um so i would run up and down central avenue and one story comes to mind i remember there was because we used to call them winos the winos in those days i could walk six seven eight blocks at eight years old and no one would bother me because the winos would be looking out for me they knew my mother okay but there was this one guy in particular he was a bad guy i always got the even at the age of seven or eight uh, the hairs would stand up on the, uh, I didn't have the hairs yet, the peach fuzz would stand up on the back of my neck. Right. And I just didn't feel right. And my mother, I'd heard her tell stories, oh, he had, you know, he had been locked up and he's done this and he's been mean to women and done this. And so he just never, even at that age, you know, so I remember one time 
I was walking up the street because I spent a lot of time at the library. I'd go up there after music lessons and I'd go just hang out in the library three or four hours, just looking all through the and checking out books. I was on my way to the library and I had to pass by his little storefront or whatever. And he offered me some cookies. You know, he offered me the and he had a jar full of right. the cookies. And my seven years old, eight years old, I was like, you know, I was like, I don't want cookies from this dude, you know, but. I also knew I had to walk up and down that street moving forward. I'm thinking all of this even at that age. So I said, okay, I'll take some cookies. He tried to give me some. And I said, oh, I'll just reach in the jar and get it myself. So I grabbed a handful of these cookies. I remember the, the frosted kind of cookies. And I went along my merry way. I was up going to the library up Central Avenue. And out of my periphery, I'm seven years old. I'm still looking. I'm very in tune to what's going on. I could see right. him looking at me, walk down the street with the cookies. And in my mind, I was thinking, I'm not going to eat these cookies. I just didn't want any problems, <laughs> you know, right, right. you know. And so what I did was I, I was walking up the street and every 50 feet or so, I would let one of the cookies fall out of my hand. <laughs> and I would okay. drop the cookies until I got two or three blocks away and there were no more cookies. So my point is, even at that age, I, I had something. I had an intuition. My gut always told me. And when I followed it, it's never steered me wrong. And I got lots of stories about that. But yeah, um, that's a lesson that I've learned and that I would advise everybody. Whatever your first mind tells you, don't go away from it. It's 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 for a reason, you know. How did you how did you uh, uh put all that? How did that uh involve you becoming a minister? Uh so I I've been in church all my life with my parents on Sundays. At my house, even the the people who ended up, which were not my biological parents, which I did not know at the time, I found right. out after they were dead when I was an adult. But it wasn't an option to go to church on Sundays. You were going to church if the sun was up, if it was raining. It's Sunday we're going to church. Right. So I've always been in church, and I've always, even at a young age, I, I never put the two and two together. Like I want to be a minister. It wasn't like that. But even at eight, nine years old, where when other kids would be asleep during the message. I was right. looking at the preacher intently, you know, right. to see if my sense was telling me, is he on the up and up or is he just a flash in the pan or I can't tell you why. I was just, <laughs> that's the type of kid I was, which which annoyed a lot of people, I'm sure. I, I was uh -huh. an overthinker. I had OCD. I was always, my mind was always moving. And I would watch the preacher every Sunday, any preacher. And I would watch him and I'd be like, okay. And sometimes things would hit home with me. This went on to 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. Uh -huh. When I was out there doing whatever I was doing uh, in the world, I was 19, 20 years old. It continued up to that time. And I'd be sitting in, sitting in church. I was already playing for a church by the time I was 17. I'd be sitting there listening to the message and it would hit me, you know, because it would convict me what right. the preacher was saying sometimes. And I would actually cry, you know, tears. Uh -huh. from, and I would think, man, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, not mean to anybody, but if these folks knew what a hell you and I was, I'm out here at 21 or 22, it would be so embarrassing and I would cry and I would listen uh -huh. to the preacher. And if there was something nudging me, you know, always nudging me, okay. I, I didn't want, didn't want it. You know, I was never aspiring. I was like, hey, I'm cool. I'm doing the songs and playing the piano, working with the choir, going to church. I believe in what I'm doing, all of that. The message touches me, but it was like an itch that wouldn't get scratched, you know, uh -huh. with, with with just the music, you know. And so this went on for years. This went on for decades. And I'd be looking at the preachers, never wanted to be up there 
never never once wanted to be up there but it was a nudge it was like a poking you know right. <laughs> and then after after all the music and stuff is done you know the nudge would still be there it was like poking you know and so i have a, another story this is one time and this played into me except to my calling um again trust your first mind so uh -huh. i was like 19 20 years old and this is like decades before i accepted the calling and i was in past altadena at the bus stop and a guy drove by me you guys might not remember this you know volkswagen had something called a square back and they had right. a fast right. back back right. in the day right right and he was driving a volkswagen square back right okay. i believe and he drove past the bus stop and he was looking at me and i was like you know i don't want any problems you know i got my fist balled up you know I got, <laughs> you know and he drove back around he was an older guy and he was looking at me and i'm like is this uh you know i don't uh, you know <laughs> i was like you know what you is, I, i'm not comfortable but he asked me you know do you need a ride you know again um that that internal spirit you know right. was saying go ahead and take the ride you know but i didn't put my guard down i was ready so i got in his car and i was ready if anything untoward happened I was ready to punch him in his throat, jump out of the car. You know, <laughs> I, I was ready. You right. know, I'm 19 years old. Right. And so he took me home. It was about a four minute ride. It wasn't that far. I was in Altadena. I, I really didn't let him take me all the way home. I had him drop me down the street. But uh, when I got in his car, and you know, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Okay. He said, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to pick you up. And really? I was like, what? I was like, you got me there. What did you say? You know, I'm thinking what he said. The Holy Spirit told me to pick you up. And then he was like, God has a calling for you. And God has uh, uh, something he wants you to do, you know, with your life and this and the other. And I'm like, well, I'm going to church. I'm in there. And this man, when I tell you, he started giving me his testimony in the car. He got happy driving <laughs> behind the car. He was like, I told God I would always serve him. And he was like, ah, thank you. G. And I was like taken aback. like what is happening here you know right. what's going on here he ended up giving me the ride dropping me off but again i got in the car because my gut told me get in the car right that was 40 years ago okay. to this day i never knew his name i don't know his name but i remember that was instrumental in the right. upcoming decades when i was like you know what is this itch what is and i started replaying things hey that guy that picked you up and other folks have said da, 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 da. and and so that was instrumental in me finally just saying you know okay let me let, let me let's let's you know let's just do it you know i'm, I'm not going to be the greatest speaker or whatever but maybe i can affect someone or touch someone right so that that played a part in it uh, as well that that had to do with my accepting the call it took a few decades though it took a few decades but i think of him to this day obviously is that right he gave me that ride so how did you know when it was time to take that next step? Because that, that had to be a big change for you. You said it, it had been a number of years. What, sure. what was it that, that took you to that next level? Because I, I believe a lot of people may be where you were then, uh -huh. and they may have the itch or whatever, you uh -huh. know, but, but they haven't taken that next step. What, what helped you to take that next step forward toward spiritual leadership? Sure, sure. Um... I would say having children. Okay. Yeah, I would say having children, you know, and and uh, uh, when that happens, or when that happened, I began to 
to to stare my mortality in the face, you Understood. know. And I was like, well, if not now, when? What, <laughs> what, what am I waiting on? <laughs> you right, know, what are you right, waiting on? Right. Because there's never going to be the opportune time. Yeah, that's never going to happen. And yes. so I was I was thinking, and so that kind of pushed me uh, into it. If not if not now, when? You know, uh -huh. what are you, what are you afraid of? You know, uh, uh, and so that was instrumental in me just taking that first step and 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 going into the pastor's office and telling them there's a whole litany of things that come behind that. You don't uh -huh. just walk into pastor's office and say, hey, I want to preach. And say, oh, that's good. We'll get you started. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. There's a whole bunch of other people involved. There's a whole process I wouldn't even go into. Okay. But that was instrumental in okay. me going in. And then um, here we are. Were, were you concerned that... that um... Uh, that as you know, because you've grown up most of your life watching, you know, going to church like a lot of us. Who parents took me to church, whatever. And uh, did you did you particularly were you worried about that particular lifestyle? You know, because you're up there and and everybody's sort of looking at you. And I'm talking about leadership and ministers and mm -hmm. Christianity and all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. I wasn't too concerned uh, with it, um, and the reason that I, I mean I was concerned, but it wasn't brand new to me because okay. being being in music ministry is also a leadership That's position true. and so i've i've been sitting up in front of the folk for at that time for decades okay you know even though it's different it's you know it there's still the same component because it's it's the ministry and song and so because people tend to come to church for two reasons uh the the message right you know and some come for the music and the message but yeah, it's one true. or both of those Right, right. So, I, so I, I had been up there. I was accustomed to that. So it wasn't too much of a change in that regard. So I was kind of ready, ready for it. But it's totally different being in the pulpit than than being okay. on an instrument. I mean, right. it, it's like like a you ever seen a baby deer when they start walking with the legs wild when it's right, shaking right, like that. Right. Now, even to this day, I'm not comfortable when I get up there like, yeah, hey, I'll just go ahead and we'll do it. It's like the first time, every single time. Okay. Every whereas with music, I'm like, ah, I got it. <laughs> you know, I got it. You know, I, I can, you know, I'm still praying and, and you know, but uh no, no, you know, no problem. But up there, Every time is like the first time. I will tell you, okay. and I don't think any of the ministers would agree with me. So it wasn't too much of a transition, uh, but there was a transition, but just kind of had to turn it on its ear a little bit, you know. Sir, sir, sir. So how exactly did the children sort of change that perspective? And I, I think most of us as parents understand yes. what, what you're talking about, but, but how did that work for you? This podcast is sponsored by Choctaw Medical Group Incorporated. You've got questions, Dr. Choctaw has answers. So be sure to check out the latest in all past popular podcast episodes, as well as featured books to read at thwwp.com. That's thwwp.com. You want to be the best parent you can be, of course. Right. You want you want to do that. But for me, I don't, I, I probably can't uh, verbalize it. Uh, okay. Um, quite so, but something clicked. Right. Okay. Something something clicked, like uh, in the sense that, well, now I'm responsible for this whole other person. Yes. You know, 
and and uh, you know what I was doing isn't enough. So I think maybe in some sense, and we all give our children this advice, you know, be the best you can be, and right. you want to be your best self, and do all of that. And I'm thinking all these things, you know, my kids are growing up. I want to, you know, because you know, if you're a good parent, you know, I, you applaud if they take the trash out. Oh, that's so wonderful. You <laughs> took the trash. That's the best trash taking out I've ever seen. You want right. to, you know, you want to do that, and so you want to encourage them. You know, right. encourage them to be the best they can be with whatever skill sets they have. Right. And so I guess that some in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, how can I encourage them when I'm not embracing a skill set that I have? Got you it. know, and so I need to I need to do what I say, walk the walk. So right. then I can tell them, you know, and give them a frame of reference and say, well, for me, it was like this. And I was scared, too. And this, that and the other, you know, basically setting an example, not so much for them to see. But if it should ever come up in conversation in their adult life for me uh -huh, to say, uh -huh. remember when, and this is what happened with me. So that's why I'm encouraging you. You know, it helped me and I embraced it and it was scary. And I know you're scared, you know, right, so I could, right. that, that type of situation, if I had to, if I had to uh, uh, pick, I would say it would be something like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, let me ask you this as a musician. Um, and I, you know, I, I consider myself a scientist, but you're an artist. You know, and I've always admired artists uh, because the artists are able to take us scientists and others to a level that we would never go to because we can't see it or create it. Mm -hmm. How has music been a, a part of, of your effectiveness as a leader? Um, if I had to respond accurately to that, I would say being involved in music um, for whatever reason, and if you've done it in front of familiar faces for any any period of time, uh -huh. it tends to give uh, the populace or the congregants or people a sense of familiarity with you okay. or a sense of comfort with you already, even though they may not know you. Right. You know, they feel I've been looking at this guy and he's been up there and they, they you have passing conversations. Right. and whatnot and so they're familiar with you already you're not starting from scratch and they've seen your mannerisms uh, whatever those are or are not right. while you're at your instrument or doing whatever it is that you because your personality comes out in there okay. you know okay. whatever your personality is good or bad all of it it's going <laughs> to come out if you're leading in music whatever, whatever right. it is so they they already see that and they've already seen all the components it's not a mystery so when you take that next step into uh, spoken ministry, that type of thing, or preaching or, or being a minister, however we want to put it, there's already a sense of familiarity. So they don't okay. have to take so far of a leap because you also bring the components of your personality to that. You know, so music is like a bridge. It can be, yeah. You yeah. And, and, and the ones who follow you. Oh, absolutely. Because music is the word in song. Still That's the true. word. Still That's the true. word, though. You know, still based on scripture, you know, and if you're and and don't give me a lot of musicians, they're not necessarily believers that don't think uh -huh. that everybody in the church, some people are there just for a check. Some people, but if you believe in what you're playing about, right, you know, and it comes across in your mannerism. So it can be a bridge because it's not that far belief. It's like, well, I've been playing about it. Now, all I want to do is just talk about, it, you know, okay. so. It's difficult. It's not hard, but it's not such a leap. Yeah, right. right. 
if if you were given a master class let's say to young people uh, men or women uh, um 20-somethings uh about life in general or something in particular what 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 few things would would you share with them or what what nuggets would you want to share with them you know i growing up uh, uh as as you did uh you mm -hmm. mentioned once been uh been in uh, uh foster home or, or adopted i think you mentioned mm -hmm. uh, uh and then the, the experiences in south central la and mm -hmm. all the way up to the ministry mm -hmm. now yeah uh, I, I would tell them, you know, uh, believe in yourself, always believe in yourself. Okay. Never sell yourself short, you know, because there's going to be obstacles in, in, in yes. my life in particular, in everyone's life. Everyone's not going to believe in you. Yes. Folk will have their own uh, opinions of you skewed as they may be, and they aren't all going to be good and productive for your right. well-being. So you have to be rooted in who you are and, yeah. and what your skill set is and what you know you can do, you right. know, because folk will talk, you know, they will criticize you right out of your dream, right. <laughs> you know, if you buy into it. So I would tell them, believe in yourself. Number one, find out what your skill set is because you have one. It might not be the one you want. Right. That's why we have some uh, professional athletes. They want to be rappers and the rappers right. want to be basketball players, you know, just work with what, you have work with right. what you have embrace that and then believe in yourself and then nurture it yeah whatever it is that you have nurture because everyone has something different but nurture that and it's not always going to be in front of people in the limelight you're not always going to get the glowing recommendations in front of the, the crowd but that doesn't mean you can't do something good know that you have something that you can do that's good and productive and helpful embrace that and don't let anyone talk you out of it ever ever in life you know and and that would be my best advice to to any young person you know believe in yourself you know and uh, i'm not even speaking from a spiritual component or a christian component that's in there as well right but believe in yourself and you can achieve monumental things that's that's the, at the core that's what i would say uh, you know i i completely agree with that i the way i i use put it there are no limits on you there are yeah. no limits none uh, and, except and what, the ones you put on yourself exactly exactly and one of the things when, when i've talked to parents i know in the past particularly young parents um i i try to tell them i said be, be careful what you say to your children uh, be careful what you say to your children because what you say to your children can come true mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and and that it's certainly as all, you know we're all parents and certainly we want to correct them and want to make sure that we we give them advice but mm -hmm. never uh, intentionally or unintentionally do anything to destroy their character. Absolutely. You know, they, they can they can make mistakes or do bad things, but they're mm -hmm. not bad people. Right. You know, and that's yeah. the way I try to try to do it. And, and I, I say that because growing up and I grew up in foster homes. And one of one of the elements of that was to sort of denigrate the child. You know, you are this and you are not that. And mm -hmm. who do you think you are to want mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z? You know, mm -hmm. you're blah, blah, blah uh, type thing. And even some of your friends, in, instead of supporting you, if you mm -hmm. say you want to be president of the United States, they mm -hmm. say, oh, come on. How, how are you going to be president of the United States? You know, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that is spot on advice for parents or for anybody. Mm -hmm. that uh, help help the kids to believe in themselves 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. At the end of the day, that's what works. That's right. That, that's right. At the end of the day, that is what works. And you don't, uh, to your point, absolutely. And every parent doesn't practice that. You know, you don't want to destroy the character of your child. Some parents are actually envious of their children because okay. they're, 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 you know, perhaps you've seen it or you've heard about it. They're envious of their children because they're in competition with their offspring. Yes. Right. And who do you think you are? You're going to be better than me. You yes. know, that that type of situation. Yes. Whereas I went the other way. I'm like, I want you to be better than me. Absolutely. You know, exponentially. And then I want your kids to be better than you because that makes me feel great. And so yes. you want to support that. Going back to what I said a few moments ago, you know, even if they take out the trash, find a good reason that they did that. Build their character up because the world is going to have enough beating them down. They're going to they're yes. going to they're going to get that in the world when they go out there. Being in your presence should be a safe haven where they feel yes. loved and respected and, and comfortable. Unfortunately, that's not the case. <laughs> and, uh it wasn't the case when I was growing up. It, it absolutely wasn't. And so I told myself I would go the exact opposite when I had kids with my children, because I was you told you're not going to be this. And, you know, you're not bad. And why are you this and the name calling and all of that stuff There's a the whole history. And so I remember, like, probably. How, how did you get past all that? I, what, what deep down helped you to survive, whereas others don't survive? And, and you know, if I'm honest with you, I'm not past it. You know, it's still, okay. it's, it, you know, it, it it's, it's ongoing. No, I understand. Yeah, it's ongoing. But how I was able to weather it yes. is that from an early age, the age of four, they put me in music. Okay. So, so, so in kindergarten, I was reading music. I was, I was okay. playing. So that so was part of your outlet. That was my, yeah, that was my safe haven. I was like, well, you say this, but I can do this and you can't. So I'm not that bad. I have exactly. something I can do that right. you can't do. I didn't say it out loud, you know, right. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I have something I can do that you can't do. So no matter what you say, I have something. And so yes. that's why I said, it's important for young people to identify what you have yes. that you do yes. well. If it's talking, if it's leading, if it's being a good follower, if it's, if it's dusting, you know, uh, uh, to the Martin Luther King quote, you know, right. you ought to sweep the street so good. They say, there goes the best street sweeper that I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever you do, do it at a high level. So, yeah, but it's ongoing with me, you know, and it probably did affect me and did limit me in some ways. Okay. Um, and then I found out later that I was adopted and I kind of understood what the dynamic was and, okay. and, and why that dynamic was there. But, um, yeah, it goes back to that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I certainly have learned uh, exactly what, what you said about find out what you're good at. That there's a philosophy and I, and I forget the name of the company now uh, that but it goes sort of like this, that uh, that most of the times through life, um, um, say when we're evaluated, whatever, we, we look at what we're not good at, you know, that that's sort of drilled into us. You know, you, you get 95 on an exam and you bring it home and said, look, dad, I got 95. And he said, but wh why didn't you get a hundred? He said, but, but I got 95. <laughs> and, and that a lot of times we grow up thinking about our weaknesses, not our strength. We have both, all of us, we have both. And and what 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 this this particular philosopher says we need to ignore our weaknesses and focus on our strengths. Mm -hmm. That it's our strengths that have gotten us to point A or B or C or D or E, not our weaknesses. The weaknesses will always be there. That's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but but that 
for whatever reason, in our society, um, we only focus on weaknesses. You know, we we highlight them, we we talk about them, uh, we 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 almost glorify them a lot. We mm-hmm. clearly use them as excuses mm-hmm. not to do stuff. But we're the same person. We're the same person, and yeah. we have those strengths. And and you're right. I, you know, you you have. You're a musician. Oh my God. You know, the ultimate. Um, um, artists if you will you know where people come and they feel better or it's like going to a museum and you feel better by seeing the paintings or an art whatever whatever uh it's a gift that you have uh that you give to the rest of us who can't do that but enjoy what you do you know and 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 the way that with the way that you're able to do it um if you had to um uh give advice um to future ministers coming up. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would, would, would you give them based on your experience? Um, be yourself. Don't try and okay. pattern yourself after anyone because you see these dynamic preachers and you're like, oh, I want to do that. And I want to embrace your own personality and operate uh-huh. within the parameters of your personality because anything less than that comes off as fake, you uh-huh. know, and, and disingenuous. You know, you're, uh-huh. not, you're not sincere, you know, so be who you are. Don't try and be like anyone else. Everyone has a different style and you can be effective with many different styles. Back to the first uh, about the children, embrace who you are, even as an adult, as a minister, embrace who you are, those strengths, because we all have strengths and weaknesses. And I just wanted to interject because what you were talking about being a musician, and and I'll be honest with you, this is just the way my mind works. I don't know if every musician does this or I, I don't know. But in my mind, it doesn't matter how the presentation of music went that day. And folk could think that it was dynamic or whatever. The only thing that I remember is my mistakes. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying I'm right, but that's, no, I understand. You know, that's all I remember. You know, I will, you know, I won't be like, oh, that was good. I'll be like, oh, this should have happened, that should have happened. Didn't do this, could have did that better, this, that, and the other. And other people, in many instances, they don't even see that, they right, don't, right, you know, right. and so I need to work on that as well. Um, um, well, you know, a suggestion with that is to ask yourself, why do you play? And and let's let's assume if you play, let, let's say play in church. Well, mm-hmm. why, why do you play in church? Certainly you get a certain enjoyment of, out of it. But I would submit that you play to basically help the rest of us to mm-hmm. go to that next level. Uh, mm-hmm. And that when when that happens, then you you reach your goal. Whether whether mm-hmm. you hit the flat or the sharp, and you can tell I don't know what I'm talking about here, but no, no, you're fine. If you hit the, the flat or the sharp, or the or you miss the timing or whatever, mo- most most people won't care. Number one, they won't notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two, all they know is that melody that they go mm-hmm. out singing from the mm-hmm. church that you put in their head that mm-hmm. makes them have a better day. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's basically making a contribution with your gift that mm-hmm. God has given you uh, to to make somebody else's day. So, so my my point is, um, um, give give John a break, give John a break. <laughs> you know, if, if he makes a mistake, that's okay. That's what yeah. we all do, and and that's that's all a part of it. That's sure. all. It. Sure. And, and if if I could also say, and you know, I like your point. Um, you say that to make people feel better. But it's a it's a corpus mixture of it's for me, it's wrapped up and they're all pretty on even pretty much on even keel 
It's self-expression. It's making myself feel better. It's giving back the gift to God, you know, and then wrapped up in all of that, it's the people. So it's all one big ball, you know, together. If I sit down, it's, it's so the people, because the whole point of music is to prepare the people's hearts to receive the message from the preacher. Right. That's all it is. Right. That's all in a nutshell. That's all it is. You right. know, it's not for the show and the pomp and the circumstance. It's not that. It's to prepare the people's hearts to hear the message. So in my mind, it's it's about the people. Yeah, but I'm also trying to express myself, get my head right as right. well. And But at the same time, but, you know, when you're doing it, there's so much. You don't really have time to enjoy it because, you know, you have to look at the part director. You have to see what they're, are they going to do it? What happened with the band? Talking to the band? You got to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the moment, you can't get all, glean all of, all of that. But after it's over, then you could say, okay, you know, this is uh, uh, this is the whole reason for it. It's a, it's about the people, so they can, like to your point, get something out of it and yes. and and go home and feel good. But not just of that, but so they can come back and get some more of the word. You know, yes. that's what you want to keep them coming back, so they can get some more of the word. You know, it's like a it's connectivity. Yeah, in that sense, I know I'm babbling. Don't don't. No, 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 no. You're not babbling. That that makes perfect sense. And I and I will admit, I never thought about it that way. But but the, the music is is a connection uh, to the to to the word to the Bible yep. itself. And I I Absolutely. think that makes perfect sense. Uh, Reverend Nickens, sir, we want to thank you so much for. Your I want to thank you, thank you, thank you both, thank you. Pleasure and a privilege. Anytime, anytime. This has been delightful. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely been a blessing for us. And so what we will do is we're, we're, we're going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD. Be sure to check out other great episodes covering areas of health, wealth, and wisdom at thwwp.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the books, blogs, and other literature in your preferred format. And don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, share, and support the podcast. That's at thwwp.com. You've been listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD. JD.